0: Hey there, and welcome to Reinventing the Digital Playbook. I'm Felix, a content creator and curious cat exploring the future of storytelling through conversation with industry-inspiring leaders to help you thrive in a digital first market. Today on the podcast, I'm chatting with NYU professor, author, and consultant, Courtney Harding. Courtney is pioneering the VR and AR space, creating award-winning virtual content. She's also the CEO and founder of Friends with Holograms, who create game-changing immersive work in the virtual space for forward-thinking companies. So Courtney, thanks for joining me. I'm looking forward to unpacking how immersive tech is really changing the way that we experience content.
1: Yeah, great. I'm excited to, uh, to chat with you.
0: And Courtney, to dive right in, I'm curious, what drives you to tell stories through immersive tech?
1: Oh, wow. That's a really fantastic question. So we build a lot around putting people in situations that they've never been in before. And watching the transformation that can happen when somebody is all of a sudden experiencing something that up until that point in their lives had just been like a theoretical is really amazing to watch. And... The power of immersive storytelling is really that it's kind of the next best thing to experiencing something in real life. And so when people experience these things that they wouldn't ordinarily be able to experience and you see their transformation that comes from it, that's so powerful. And I really think that VR, and it's it's sound really cheesy, but VR can be a world-changing medium Because it allows people to experience stories in a way that they've never been able to experience them before.
0: And in terms of immersive technology, we're talking about we're being able to experience things as an audience that we couldn't have before. What are some of those experiences that are new through this medium?
1: Yeah, so I'll just talk about some of the experiences that we've built. We did a piece for a company a couple of years ago called Can't Win. And the piece was about workplace inclusion. And the idea was really, you know, how do you get somebody to understand what it feels like to be excluded in the workplace? And how do you get them to feel that rather than just sort of think of it conceptually, right? Because we all can say like, oh yeah, workplace exclusion is terrible. We need inclusive workplaces. Everyone should be valued. But we see in reality like that just doesn't happen a lot of the time. So how do we get people that are sort of decision makers who often come from positions of privilege to really understand that? So we built this experience where you put on the headset, you're in a meeting, and it's a very kind of generic corporate meeting, because that's kind of who we were going for in terms of the audience. And the point of your conversation is is not that relevant. It's about, you know, picking new vendors. But the idea is that everything you do, people dismiss you, they talk over you, they leave you out, your boss gives you very contradictory advice and the piece is called can't win because the feeling we really want to create is one of frustration. And the piece is cast really strategically. It's an all female cast, it's a diverse cast, but it's also just like everyone's corporate, they're just in a power suit. And the fact that it's all women is never really acknowledged. So, you know, we put this guy through there really early on. I think we were still user testing even. And He was a really nice guy. He was the manager of his family's company and and in a more rural part of America. And he was very kind of like skeptical, but he went through it and he took off the headset after doing the experience. And he said, that wasn't a conversation. That was an emotional experience. And then he really broke it down. And he basically was like, I've never felt that way. I don't understand. Is this how other people feel? He'd never sort of explored these concepts of privilege. And this was a a guy who was young and smart and had studied and read all the books and gone to all the trainings. And this was the first thing that had really moved the needle for him. You know, people want to debrief it. They want to talk about it. They really get emotionally involved in it. And I think that that is so incredibly powerful. And I really see this as a medium for storytelling. It's not even storytelling anymore, it's story living. Because this allows you to have the agency to really live inside of a story and to have control over the story.
0: And I want to unpack one term you mentioned, which was story living. And it sounds like we're having these emotional experiences, shifting perspective, feeling empathy. And I'm curious how this media enables us to have these really genuine experiences.
1: With VR, what's so powerful about it is not only is it a story that can touch me deeply, it's a story that I have agency and control over. I can choose how I respond. I can choose how I interact. I can choose how I experience it. And so it kind of takes away this this screen and this remove that we've had with all these other forms of media. Now somebody pushed back on that and said, well, what does that mean for creators who want to tell a very specific story? Right. And I think there's obviously, there's always going to be a market for people with, with linear storytelling with books or movies or TV shows, or, you know, whatever medium you choose, that'll never go away. But with VR, it just opens up even more possibilities. And it's really, and this is I've talked about a bunch, it's like a radical rethink of how we tell stories. It's not just like, okay, I have to take this movie idea and adapt it for VR, that's that's the wrong way to go about it. It's like start from scratch and build from there in terms of, okay, how do I tell the story in a format that's like more or less brand new and as revolutionary as the video camera or the printing press or any of those traditions? Like when we switched from oral storytelling as being the default mode of story passing to, you know, the printing press... That was huge. And whoever was telling stories at the time had to tell stories in a radically different way. This is kind of the same thing. We've gone from one form of storytelling to another, and it has to be radically rethought. And that's what's so interesting and challenging and fun about working in VR is we're building the plane as we're flying the plane, so to speak. And sometimes that's uh, terrifying, and sometimes it's amazing.
0: And at that frontier of technology, I'd like to hear a little bit more about Friends with Holograms.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Friends with Holograms is a full-service VR and AR agency. We have been around since 2018. We've worked with a bunch of different clients, big Fortune 100s and big consultancies. We've also worked with some startups and some smaller clients. And we, primarily what we focus on is really sort of the, and I know this is an overused term, but like the empathy-based storytelling. So we work on projects about racial bias, workplace inclusion, mental health, all of those things. And we really focus on how someone's going to feel at the end of the experience. The learning is important, and that's an objective for everything that we do, but it's really about letting people feel what it's like to be in a certain situation. That's where we really feel the power of this technology can be best used, is not just training people on how to do tasks, although that's a fantastic use case, but training people how to understand other people's situations and then giving them that empathy and that insight.
0: And how do you feel the future of immersive storytelling is just going to change the way that we consume, but also tell stories?
1: I mean, it's we're at such an early stage right now. I think it's going to be fascinating to see where everything unfolds over the next five to 10 years. You know, I was thinking about, I'm getting a new iPhone soon because my old one's about to die uh, because I, I tend to you know wait a long time between phones because I'm cheap. Um, and sort of thinking about, all right, what are all the things that didn't exist Before the app economy opened up, right? Things that we take for granted every day. So, could I go get a taxi to go somewhere or call a car service before the app economy? Sure. Did the app economy with Uber and Lyft make that exponentially easier? Absolutely. The same with food delivery. The same with you know ordering groceries. The same with you know sharing photos or videos. Like all of these new things have happened that I don't think we could have predicted when Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone and. 2007. So the cool thing about where we're at right now with immersive storytelling is we're starting to see all of these trends emerge. But I think like to be too prescriptive at a time like this, I think would actually be a negative. If we focus too much on like, okay, well, this is the direction it's going to go in. We miss the fact that something could come out of left field and be even more interesting and revolutionary and you know, if you asked Jobs in 2007 about the iPhone, okay, is this going to be a way we like order a car service? He probably would have been like, I-, I guess, but no. So it's really about allowing this technology to evolve and change and allowing people to experiment and seeing where things go. And that's what's so exciting is the openness that a lot of people have. And the fact that we are still in kind of a small playing field at this point in terms of you know, the number of headsets that are in the market and the number of people using VR, that we can be really experimental. And as the market grows, I think we're going to sort of see a shakedown of like, okay, this is what's working, this is what doesn't. Um, But as more people come in, we're going to see more interesting experiments and more cool stuff happening.
0: And what about some of these trends that you mentioned? Um, Can you talk a bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So I think in VR, there's a couple different markets. You know, if we look at what are the big markets in VR right now, gaming is a huge one. That's something that Facebook and Oculus have put, I'd say most of their time and attention into for better or for worse. They're definitely invested in the gaming market. It's definitely a consumer market. It's still a niche market. You know, we can look at fitness in VR, which is something else that people are really excited about. We can look at, you know, socializing in VR. People are really interested in these sort of collaboration platforms these platforms where people work together um there's also a lot of collaboration or platforms like socialize together so there's Altspace VR which did a virtual version of Burning Man the last two years which was pretty great you know and I really think that again while it's still niche you know more and more people are starting to do it and get excited about it and what's always interesting to me is talking to people who are not what I would Consider technical people. You know they don't live in these major tech markets in the U.S. or or in the world, and they're fascinated by VR. And they bought a headset at a you know big box store somewhere. They bought it on Amazon, and they've discovered things that are meaningful for them in VR. And then, of course, you have the space we're in, which is training and education, which is another massive space and something that I think is going to be really important when it comes to mass adoption of VR. That's, it's still a niche market. And, you know, if you really want to get to a mass market, you kind of need someone's kids to come home from school and say like, oh, hey, I need a VR headset to do my homework with, right? Much like in the 80s, kids would come home and be like, I need a computer to do my homework, right? Or somebody does a lot of VR training at their office and they're like, oh, this thing is cool and it would be fun to have this at home, right? So like, that's how I think we're going to get to, to mass adoption is really heavily investing in those spaces,
0: what are some of the opportunities for storytellers with this new technology coming out?
1: Oh my gosh, so many. So the advice I always give, because I do have people ask me a lot, well, how do you get into this and what do you do? Um, so the first thing I say is go get a 360 camera. They're not that expensive, it's you know a couple hundred dollars and like just start making stuff because most of what you make is gonna be absolutely terrible, but you're gonna learn. That's really the only way to do it is just start building things and you don't have to be a, I'm not a developer. Um, I couldn't write a line of unity code if you put a gun to my head. Um, I know enough to talk to developers, right? So you don't need to be super technical. You don't need to be a great film editor or cinematographer, although it doesn't hurt. Um, It certainly doesn't hurt to work with those people, but you know, anyone who can tell a good story can get a 360 camera and just experiment with telling the story that way. And some stories will work really well and other ones won't. And just delete that footage and start over.
0: And Courtney, I have one more question for you. Go for it. If you're talking to this 21st century producer, how can that content creator start to adapt and thrive for a digital first market that's coming?
1: Oh, I mean, that's a huge question. And I feel like we're kind of already there, right? Like, I haven't been inside a movie theater since before COVID. And even then I wasn't going very much. And I just watch everything on Netflix because it allows me to control my schedule and I can stop and start and experience things as I want to experience them instead of having somebody dictate the experience to me. So I, I kind of think we're, all, we're already there, but in terms of VR specifically, you know, it's kind of the advice I, I gave just a second ago. It is, you know, pick up a 360 camera, buy a headset and watch a bunch of VR. Like I spend a couple hours a week working slash not working because I'll just put on my headset and I'll just download stuff and I'll play with it. And 90% of what I see is not good. And I delete it off my headset and uh, there's a the 10% that I really like and I engage with it. And I always kind of take notes and figure out, okay, what, what worked and what didn't work, right? And sometimes it's just like technically very good, but the story didn't engage me, which is fine. You know, not, not everything engages everyone. But it's really just about learning. And then a lot of the time I'll see something and I'm like, that's amazing. How can I take that concept and use it in my own work, whether it's a storytelling conceit or whether it's like an interaction principle or, or whatever. If you're interested in this stuff, the best thing you can do is familiarize yourself with it and learn as much as you can and then start building it and find people in your community that are interested in it, whether that's your digital community or your physical community, now that we're all kind of getting back to physical communities. So if you're a storyteller, like, start telling stories in VR. If you're a marketing person, like, VR companies need marketing. Um, and really, if, if you're really interested, like, figure out a perspective and a point of view that goes beyond, oh, this is so cool, to why is this cool? And how, how am I doing something that's different? And, and that just, that takes time. And that's a result of, of learning and making a zillion mistakes. And then occasionally, like, you hit it right.
0: And it's a great way to put it, Courtney, start telling stories uh, because innovation is central. It's about experimenting, creating, and learning within that process because we're so early into this technology. <laughs> and as we covered, it's going to disrupt not just the way that we experience and connect with content, but also these conventional terms and processes of storytelling. Um, Courtney, this has been great. Thank you for sharing your deep insight into all these topics.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been uh, This has been really fun.
0: And Courtney, finally, you've recently just launched a new book. Tell me a little bit about that and how we can get in touch with Friends with Holograms.
1: If you're interested about in learning more about VR and especially VR for sort of transformative social change, I have a book that is out October 26th worldwide. It is called A Practical Guide to Making VR That Changes the World. Friends with Holograms, you can find at friendswithholograms.com. Always happy to chat with people about this technology, about any ideas that they might have. If you are in the market for VR training, let us know. Um, We do consulting, we do sort of ideation sessions, and then we do a full range of uh, scripting and production. So yeah, look us up.
0: Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this deep dive into storytelling. If you're hunting for more information about this episode, all the details are in the show notes. And if you're feeling curious, there's a bunch more episodes just like this one on the podcast. Until then, thanks for joining in and I'll catch you on the next episode.